Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello everyone, this is Ugo Che and this is episode 118 of the Traveling Image Makers podcast. Our guest this week is Sebastian Bern from Belgium. Due to time zone differences, Ralph could not make it this time, but he will certainly be back next week with another interview. So about our guest, he is a passionate travel photographer. He's also a tour leader for the Giving Lens, an organization that we have covered in the past. Not only that, but uh, Sebastian is also a full-time dentist in his hometown, and he also has a family with two small kids. So it's quite natural that we wanted to ask him how he manages to fit all of this together in what must be certainly a very busy life. We also talked with Sebastian about the trip he took to New York and how he managed to capture that beautiful city from the sky, and also about uh, other various topics. So this was a very interesting conversation and I hope you will appreciate it. You will find all the links that were mentioned during this episode at ttim.photo forward slash 118. As usual, if you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to share it with your friends and followers and family. That helps us a lot. As always, you can also find everything about me online at my website ucphoto.me. And as for Ralph, you can go to his website, photoenrichment.com, and on Instagram and Twitter at Ralph Velasco and at photoenrichment. And now let's listen to our conversation with Sebastian Ben. So welcome to the show, Sebastian. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So you're based in Belgium, is that right? Where exactly? Exactly. So I live in a small village uh, near France, actually. I'm about five minutes uh, from France. It's a very small village. It's not known at all. It's called Les Fausto. <laughs> uh, there are only 300 souls in here. Uh, but, you know, Belgium is so small that everything is close by. So we're just an hour from Brussels, uh, two and a half hours from Paris. And, uh, yeah. It's quite central in Europe, so you're, you're in the heart of Europe. I know. That's, uh, yeah, so that's the the good point about Belgium. Yeah, it's, it's in the uh, middle of everything. We we I always tell my, some of my American or Australian, even friends, that we have so it's so easy for us to to go and visit uh, lots of different countries, speaking exactly. different languages and different cultures and so on. They're so close, and we have. Uh, cheap flights uh, we have railways and so on so it's uh, sure traveling across europe is very easy and yeah from belgium it's really really central so yeah exactly so that's a good point in belgium yeah for sure so please uh, for for those people who don't know about you can you tell us about your um uh, your journey as a travel photographer how do you got started and where are you headed to yeah sure so um I started photography at the age of uh, 12. Um, I was actually um, mostly taking black and white photography because we had a black room, um, a dark room at home. And my father taught me how to make my own prints. So um, 
as a teenager, I used to take quite a lot of photos around home and in Brussels. And I used to make my own prints. Then I stopped when I went to the university and just started photography again uh, for my honeymoon um, a few years later. And then I kept uh, taking photos, uh, but mostly while traveling. And uh, yeah, uh, it was, you know, once or twice a year when I was traveling with my uh, wife-to-be and then with my wife. And then I started taking it most seriously uh maybe let's say five years ago and i started to travel a little bit more um but i was working i didn't mention it but i'm a dentist i was working in a university in brussels as a professor of um, restorative dentistry so it didn't let me much time to travel and two years ago i quit my job and opened my own dental office with my wife who's a dentist as well and it uh it lets me actually manage my agenda more freely so i have more time for photography and travels in general now so yeah that's, that's how i manage yeah that's interesting oh. i mean i would thought that a university professor would have more free time than uh, than a dentist who has to to manage a studio um a, a lab how you call it and so i mean if you have a that, that kind of uh, you're self-employed you're a kind of an entrepreneur in this respect i guess yeah. we can say so normally entrepreneurs and self-employed people tend to be very busy i mean you you have to manage not just your own uh, uh the, the job that you do you also have to manage the the, the business probably the, the appointments a bit of oh, you probably have a, a secretary handling that for you but uh yeah it's, yeah it's sure interesting. We, we are a whole team but um the good thing is that you know weeks are very busy for sure but you're your own boss, so yeah. you can decide when you want to travel, when you want to be in the office, and uh, it's easier to manage than in a hospital or a university where you have to, you know, yeah. do the things that you're supposed to. Yeah, and yeah. Kudos to you for, for managing it, because, I mean, so some people, when they become their own boss, they, they're really bossing themselves. <laughs> they're not yeah. giving themselves any freedom <laughs> you need to we, work we, because with it's my wife, for the we bottom line to, yeah mm. we try to take it easy okay. i mean the easiest possible and you also you, you have family you told me you have two small children yeah so. uh, my son is six years old and my uh, daughter just turned down four and so yeah they keep us busy as well do, but, do uh, you take them with you on your trips or do they stay home um, they, they mostly stay home. Oh. I mean, we make sure to travel at least twice a year, uh, the four of us with my wife and the children. But it's, you know, family vacation. Yeah. So I take a few pictures, but mostly uh, family photos yeah. of my wife and the children and the time we spend together. But when I travel for photography, I usually travel alone or sometimes my wife can manage to, to come with me, which is a... Uh, great of course and when i travel alone she manages the whole thing the dental office the children so yeah she's wonderful so maybe this uh, autumn you will be traveling with some other photographers will you? yeah i hope so <laughs> with you yeah we have this uh, just just mention because people who are listening to this do not know i was uh, uh 
organizing a week long trip to the to Scotland yeah. with a friend, and then we thought we might have a couple people join us. So Sebastian volunteered to to join us. It's not going to be a workshop; it's going to be a, an exploration of Scotland. I want to do it a little bit of uh, location scouting and so on. So, but um, uh, I think we still have one more spot. We're thinking of renting a car and getting uh, maybe four people on the road together. So if some people would like to join us, just get in touch with me on my various uh, social media. You can message me on Facebook and so on. And we'll see <coughs> the more the merrier. If we have a little party of four, it will be, it will be fun, I guess. So yeah, that's I think going it's to be, be mm. amazing. Uh, Scotland is definitely amazing. I had the chance to go to Scotland. Uh, I think it was four years ago already uh, because time flies, but yeah, it's definitely a place to explore. And when you can do it with other photographers, it's, even more fun and yeah. We're uh, yeah, planning to true. go end of september beginning of october so maybe we, when we're there we'll record another interview with <laughs> with the group and use yeah. it for the podcast telling about the story of our scotland adventure and I, i'm sure it's definitely the good time of the year to go to scotland yeah the time will be end of september beginning of october yeah. most likely so okay enough about that uh, but let's um um, let's talk about another topic. Uh, we already uh, mentioned this organization in several of our past episodes because people have been uh, on tours with them. And we also had one of the organization, uh, our friend uh, Kate Siobhan Mulligan, tell us about the Giving Lens. So for, for those who have missed those episodes, can you tell us uh, uh, what the Giving Lens is and uh, what, uh, where did you go with them? Yeah, so the Giving Lens is um, an organization that was uh, created by Colby Brown, which is a famous landscape photographer uh, from the U.S. And um, the purpose of the Giving Lens is um, to make photographers travel, um, but with an idea of giving back something to the places where they travel. So um, they try to, to match uh, travel photography with humanitarian, um, uh, yeah, uh, stuff. It can be pretty much all things uh, from uh, teaching photography to people, uh, orphans, for example, or people in need in schools and giving back something. Um, and, you know, not just travel and take photos and then go away. Um, so I had the chance to go to Jordan with them. That was the last uh, trip to Jordan, but they plan to go back to Jordan next year, I think. Um, then I went to Tanzania with them as well uh, as a team member. And um, I also went to Thailand. Uh, and by now I joined them, uh, and I am one of their leaders and we plan to go to Tanzania again this summer together. Yeah. When you say giving something, can you give some practical examples of what it means to give something back to those people? Yeah, the purpose is to help uh, local NGOs and communities, um, you know, not the big NGOs, but very small and very local people who try to help their 
their families, their friends, their community. And uh, it is, of course, giving some money to help them, you know, build something, buy some material, uh, classroom material, uh, benches, chairs, stuff like that. Uh, but also trying to connect and um, by connecting, I mean, long term connection. So most of the time when the giving lens goes to some place, they try to go back each year and see how things are going on. Um, how they, you know, the NGOs develop and they try to support, uh, you know, different projects. So, and no, yeah. go ahead, please. Yeah, and we also try to make fun things uh, by, you know, small uh, photography lessons. Uh, we give them cheap cameras, old cameras that people give us, and we bring them uh, the cameras, and we give we give photography lessons. Then we try to uh, develop the creative part of people where we go. So to the people who uh, attend or join these tours what what kind of uh, how would the typical day be structured i, I understand there's a bit of uh, going to those communities working with them but it, but it's also about photography so you go to a place like thailand or tanzania you would expect to to be able to <clears throat> to get some instruction they, they work also work like a, they are like kind of a workshop is that right? yeah it, it, they are definitely workshops so uh, for tanzania for example um it's most of the time it's about a week uh on site um and uh it's divided into days where we are going out and taking photos landscape people uh street photography and some other days where we go to the ngos to the communities and we spend the day with them and we document uh they work as well and we give them all the photos so that they can use the photos the pictures to you know raise funds or just um make them a little bit more known uh into their area and nationally and internationally as well so um it's all about photography for sure so we try to mix you know our photography and photography for a purpose as well you explain what you are giving them can you maybe Give us your impressions about what you are personally getting out of such a trip, both photographically and personally. Yeah, sure. Um, it's all about experience, uh, meeting people, um, meeting people from different communities, different backgrounds. And um, the Giving Lens definitely goes to places um, where the cultures are probably a little bit less known to people from Europe or the US, probably. Um, but it's always, you know, very enlightening. And uh, you make strong connections over time as well. Mm -hmm. So when you go back home, you bring back all these memories and you keep connections with the NGOs. Um, yeah, so that's one part of the, the, the good thing about the Giving Lens. And the other part is meeting, you know, your co-travelers um, because you know the giving lens is uh, is a real team it's not workshop clients only mm -hmm. so we make a team when we travel and uh, 
your fellow travelers, they quickly become your very good friends. And uh, I mean, you keep in touch with them over years um, once you get back home. And they also teach you a lot of things about their background, their culture, and uh, their aspirations as photographers, but as people as well. So uh, yeah, it's always a great experience. Sounds great. Okay. It is. So another topic, I was looking at your uh, website, sebastianbun.com. Did I pronounce it right, Bun? Bun, yeah. Bun. Okay. It's very simple, it's just four letters. But yeah. <laughs> uh, We will, of course, put a, a link in the, in the show notes for this. <clears throat> but I was uh, particularly attracted by the fact that you have a, a gallery dedicated to New York City. Yeah. As you have a generic landscape gallery there is this because new york has a special place in your heart in your memories yeah not really it's, it's actually just because the website is currently being rebuilt from mm. scratch and that the first gallery that was ready was just a new york one because i recently made a, a small book uh, with these photos that I edited myself. And uh, yeah, so the gallery was ready and that's the first one that was put online. Uh, but of course, New York is a, is a unique place and I love it. Um, you know, mm. just because it's New York, it's iconic. Everyone knows New York um, thanks to the cinema, thanks to the media. So even when you've never been there, you know it. And uh, once you get there, it's just so inspiring. Uh, I'm not very much into cityscapes or street photography. But yeah, New York definitely inspired me very, very much. I sometimes get questions from people asking me, I'm doing a trip to New York, which lenses should I should I bring because I don't know New York. And I said, how how can you possibly not know New York, even if you've never been there? You've yeah, certainly it's, seen it's hundreds just, of movies and TV series and photographs of New York. You know New York, even if you... I mean, you, you so might not... Iconic. Yeah, you might not really know it, but just to imagine what kind of lenses you would need there. I mean, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> just, <laughs> just take all of your lenses. Take all of your lenses, because and then people say, okay, I, I don't want to carry too much stuff. I have all those lenses, and it's going to be this trip of my life to New York. And I say, why did you buy those lenses? If you're not bringing them on the trip of yeah, your life, just, just bring, bring them all. <laughs> You'll need them yeah. at some point. Yeah, You'll need them. Okay, just a little, a little aside. And you, you also took photos of New York from an interesting different perspective. I see some photos taken from the sky. So I, yes. I assume you were flying. Can you tell us about your, your experience? How did you get up there? Yeah, the idea, um, we actually went to New York uh, with my wife. It was, um, we, we took the trip uh, just after New Year's uh, Eve uh, in uh, 2017, last year, one year ago. And um, we actually spent four days in New York. So we didn't have a lot of time there. Um, and uh, we were the both of us. So, you know, I was not taking photos from 6 a.m. to until midnight mm -hmm. because we were the two of us. And, and your, your wife is not into photography. No, she enjoys photography, yeah. but she doesn't take photos at all. Mm -hmm. So um, we didn't have much time. And um, my Christmas gift was um, a, a chopper 
flight over New York, but it was a you know the, the kind of tourist flight that they sell. Um, you you fly in quite a large helicopter. Um, it's usually six or eight people at the same time, and they fly you from uh, the Hudson. Uh, then to the East River around Manhattan, and then they go back to the Hudson and they land. So it's not very much a photography flight. And is it with closed doors? And is it? It is with closed doors. So when she actually told me about that, she didn't book anything yet. And so we changed the plans a little mm -hmm. bit, and I started making my own research. And I came across different companies who actually let you charter helicopters just for you. And they can remove the doors and they usually do it for photographers or for um, filmmaking, uh, documentaries or cinema or anything. And so I contacted them and I told them, well, I'll be in New York from the, I think it was the 5th of January until the 9th. And I would like to take a one hour tour with doors off. And I would like to fly over, you know, uh, pretty much all the iconic places in Manhattan. And they responded to me, yeah, okay, sure, we can do it. So um, let me exactly uh, ask you which places you want to take pictures of, and we'll do kind of a flight plan. So we did it, and uh, when we arrived there, I called them because we had to make sure that uh, the weather was all right, of course. And the next day, we could do it. So, mm. yeah, it was just great. It's a great point of view. So I actually really, 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 um, uh, yeah, enjoyed it. And I can only suggest to take a flight over New York. Must have been really cold in January up there. With the it, it was freezing cold. I, I, I had all my ski suits uh, because I was the one with the door off, of course. Uh, they kept the three other doors on because it was just so freezing cold. I think it was minus 15 or so. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, taking pictures was a challenge because of the cold and my freezing hands were not liking that very much. So, so it's okay if you don't want to, to state the, how much you paid for it. Uh, but oh. uh, just to have a, an idea with respect to a normal tourist tour, how, how much more would yeah. this cost? Like twice as much? Five times? Ten times? Uh, I, Yeah, but it, it's not a secret. Um, it, it depends on what company you are uh, booking with. But let's say you will pay between $800 and $1,000 for one hour flight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, all in all, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I didn't want, I mean, some, some people might not want to let the world know how much they spend for for those kind yeah. of things. But it's, it's fine. If, it's you're, if you're fine with that, yeah. And, and honestly, I think, yeah, it's a lot of money for sure uh, for one hour flight, but I think it was definitely worth it yeah. uh, just for the experience. Um, but uh, I already made some research in Europe as well um, because I wanted to do the same over London, but it's much more expensive. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I was surprised because I thought that New York would be really expensive, but London is much more expensive uh, because they have different rules. Um, over London, you cannot fly in a single engine helicopter. You have to have a twin engine, which is a much bigger helicopter. Yeah. It's for safety purpose, I guess, but I don't know really why, but I'm not into uh, helicopters or planes or anything. But uh, then... Uh, flying such a helicopter is much more expensive. Um, yeah. 
The only thing I have to mention about the flight over New York, though, is that it was just before uh, the the current uh, president of the United States um, became took president. Office. Yeah, yeah, he took office. So he was still living in Manhattan, and since he was already elected, uh, we couldn't fly over most part of Manhattan, though. So I was a bit frustrated, but we decided to take the flight anyway. And so we stayed really over the south of Manhattan. That's why there are most photos from um, Ground Zero and the Statue of Liberty and the Empire State Building. But we couldn't fly really close to the Trump Tower yeah. and, um, unfortunately, Central Park. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, a great... Uh, and it was... Um uh in the evening yeah it was sunset, sunset so yeah. we made sure to take off 30 minutes before sunset and we landed 30 minutes after sunset so yeah. i could have you know golden hour photos and night photos as well so yeah so the light is not that uh intense uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, the edge of the day the helicopter is moving uh, there are vibrations and so on so And you're spending a lot of money. You don't want to get back to the ground and have a ton of blurry pictures. Right? Of course, it would be horrible. So, what, what were your, uh, what, what did you do to make sure you were getting sharp pictures? What, what kind of equipment did you use? What were your settings? So, yeah, that, for sure, I didn't do that um, before. So, it was the first time. So it's a bit of a challenge for sure. Like you mentioned, uh, in a helicopter, you have lots and lots of vibrations, uh, much more than I actually thought. So um, you need to go with high ISO, uh, fast shutter speed. I always made sure that I was at least shooting at um, uh, 250th of a second um with my image stabilizer on and um yeah you you don't shoot manually you you just yeah. set up your camera to uh shutter speed priority and let the camera do the the whole job yeah good yeah. thing about having a image stabilized lens uh, yes I definitely definitely helps in that situation And I used both my cameras, uh, one with the 70-200 attached on and the other one with the 24-70. Mm. Because actually, um, you know, some more general cityscape is interesting as well. Yeah. What, what kind of cameras? Uh, I have two Sony A7R oh, Mark II. Okay. Yeah. Which are also good low-light performance so yeah, i think so yeah definitely increase your iso quite a bit to make sure you have uh, enough shutter speed so in a nutshell uh, just make sure the shutter speed is uh, uh is fast enough and, and probably you don't have many problems with with focusing you you might go with uh, no it, it's it's you just put everything on infinity and yeah it, everything is quite far away so of course anything yes. in the foreground so yeah at least the Focus is not an issue, but shutter speed is a good, good tip on making sure your shutter speed is fast enough and then let the camera take care of the rest. Yeah, that's the only thing. Shutter speed, yeah, definitely. Good. And probably also continuous shooting, rapid fire. Of course, yeah. yeah. I think that in just an hour, I took more, more than 2,000 photos. Yeah. You want to, to make every second of it. How many good ones? <laughs> no, I just I don't oh, know, I so. 50. Yeah, well, no, uh, yeah, probably, I think. 
which is which is really good. I'm really I'm good. really happy with that. Good. Yeah. So you, you have time. You, you the helicopter goes around quite a bit, so you got a lot of different perspectives and. Yeah, and the good thing with uh, pilots that are used to do such thing with photographers and filmmakers is that they actually bang the helicopters for you. Mm -hmm. So when you're flying um, over Ground Zero or the Statue of Liberty, they will actually circle around the the, the thing you are taking yeah. pictures of, and they will bang the helicopter enough for you to to make really good photos. So mm -hmm. yeah, you you keep talking with the pilot at all time. It's it's really a great experience. Cool. All right. So aside from uh, New York, which I, I hear was a great experience, um, let's yeah, say I, I would make it again. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Let's, I'll put this on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter ride. I mean, not New York. Um, but of of the other places that you've traveled to, and uh, let's say that uh, you could leave tomorrow. Time was not an issue. Uh, where you would go back to and why? Where I would go back to? Um, ah, that's a tough one uh, because I, I like pretty much any place in the world. Um, of the places where I've already been, um, I think South Africa. Uh, I went there on honeymoon, uh, so it was not a photography trip, um, but I only visited the north side of the country, and uh, yeah, it's huge, and you have pretty much everything. Um, in the north of South Africa, you have, you know, all the game reserves, you have the, um, the yeah, all the animals, um, it's mostly the idea of Africa that most people have mm. i mean you know elephants lions and uh yeah, wildlife and in the south coast of africa it's most like you know mediterranean countries i mean uh, the nature is different the climate is different but i've never been there so yeah i would spend easily three to four weeks exploring south africa again yeah and go to I've been there too. I've done a bit, a little bit of the south coast, especially the area around uh, Cape Town and <clears throat> and so on. And the the wine country there are beautiful. Mm -hmm. The garden route is also beautiful, and also a bit of the north. So, yeah, I can. Uh, what I'm would like to do next is go to the Kalahari Desert, or yeah. what do you call them now? Nowadays, it's changed name. I think Kalagadi, maybe. So the north. Uh, western part of the country mm -hmm. uh, should also be very very interesting yeah i think so and i'm i, I really love um africa in general yeah. uh, definitely i've been to uh, um, some african countries they're all different they have all their own cultures it's you know it's just so interesting so rich i mean you you the connections you make with people there it's it's a human experience that is yeah uh without any words um yeah i have a strong link to africa Good. definitely conversely of the places you have not been to uh, let's say you could leave tomorrow where would you I, go i'd go to new zealand oh yeah yeah because and 
I am mostly a landscape photographer, and uh, I think that New Zealand is one of the heavens for landscape photography. But yeah, it's it's on my bucket list, definitely. So yeah, I'm planning a trip there. But you know, from Belgium, it's quite a long flight, it's mm. quite a long travel, and uh, yeah, the day I go there, I'll spend more than a month there, most probably. So I just can't do that now. Absolutely. I have to make shorter trips, two weeks or three weeks, but I cannot be away for a whole month now. So that's going to be for a few years from here. So before we were starting the recording, you told me you are, you are now going to Germany and Sweden. Is that a photography trip? Not really, um, but it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> Get some photography I mean, I, in anyway. Right. Yes, of course, uh, especially in northern Sweden. So I'm going to Munich next week. And from Munich, I'm flying to northern Sweden. And I will definitely have at least one of my cameras with me. And I will spend um, a couple more days there before uh, going back home, exploring the area and uh, hoping to see some uh, northern lights as northern well. Lights. Yeah. Did you ever see them before? Yeah, uh, a few times oh, okay. in Iceland and northern Finland, mostly because I, I travel to Finland at least once a year. Uh, my mother is Finnish, so I still have mm. some family there. And, uh, of course, I still have a strong connection to Finland, but all Nordic countries. So, yeah, I travel to the north quite often and what, I really enjoy it. What would you say are the qualities required for a travel photographer? Um, I think that you have to be open-minded. I mean, um, I think that's most probably the most important thing. Um, taking photos, everyone has his own level and you're always learning something anyway. So it's a journey. Um, but yeah, to travel, I think, yeah, be just curious about everything. And I think that everyone and every place has something to teach you. So yeah, I think you just have to be open-minded. Okay. Definitely. Great. And of course, I agree. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I have one last question for you. And this is a question that I ask all of my guests at the end. Can call it kind of a discovery question open-ended one and you can take your time to answer it the question is what drives you crazy yeah uh actually a lot of things mm -hmm. <laughs> um but what really drives me crazy is uh injustice um it, it's um i know um vague and general answer but um in in the world there is there are so many things that are just not fair enough. And uh, when you travel, you get to see some of them. And uh, yeah, that drives me crazy. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about politics or anything no, related okay. to let's, politics. Let's talk about photography. But do you think photographers can help somehow address those injustices? Maybe, um, but... It takes a lot of courage yeah. and, uh, yeah, um, uh, you know, press photographers definitely can, which I'm not into. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think an organization like the Given Lens definitely helps uh, something. But, you know, if 
each and every photographer makes something things can definitely change um, art can change a lot of things um, so yeah photography definitely can as well yeah i think with the recent explosion of, of travel photography i mean meaning in the most general sense where people can nowadays travel pretty much everywhere yeah. and everybody has a camera so uh, it, it should be our responsibility to 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 do something about uh, about things not just go there and uh, feel like i'm just here to take pictures mm. i'm entitled to take pictures and bring them home and not care about people yeah, from exactly. other countries which typically don't have the same luck that we have here in developed countries so sure yeah yeah you're totally right and uh, yeah again i think that um, an organization like the giving lens is pretty much into that and uh, that's the reason why i definitely like to work with them um, but yeah it's a state of mind so you have some trips coming up where you you will be leading uh, for the giving lens you said again tanzania or yeah, yeah. most probably uh, okay. it still has to be confirmed but uh, late july okay so if you have a link uh, there we will put in in the show notes for this episode otherwise we'll put a link to the the giving lens website uh, which yeah you, it's available you know? on the the giving lens yeah, webpage we, we, lo yeah. we love to support them uh, and as for you before closing where where can people find you online oh uh on my website for sure but like i said it's currently being rebuilt from scratch so it's gonna move um, and change in the following weeks but i'm on facebook uh instagram uh, mostly so yeah it's just my name sebastian Boon, and you will find me yeah, so I'll, I'll spell it for you. It's S-E-B-A-S-T-I-E-N-B-E-U-N. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. So uh, thanks again for um, for your time today. Thank um, you for having taking me. Taking it from your family since it's, we're recording this on a Sunday. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> yeah, much it very much appreciated. Mm. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much. And uh, I guess uh, we'll see each other in Scotland this fall. Definitely. All right. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. Bye-bye.